The Trudeau government is proposing the most authoritarian policy in the history of our country, and the leader of the opposition has said nothing about it. Where is Aaron O'Toole, and why isn't he doing his job? I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast now. Here on The Kenneth Malcolm Show all week, we've sort of been laying out the various issues with Justin Trudeau and his sort of recent troubling behavior. I, th I think topping it off must be this policy that was sort of hinted about in the CBC and the health minister came out last Friday in the afternoon saying that the government was having conversations with the provinces and encouraging them to get ready to roll out a forced vaccination campaign. We're not talking about vaccines available for people. We're not talking about vaccine mandates in order to go to rest and, and maybe get into certain areas of society. We're talking about forced vaccinations. We're talking about a campaign where the government would, by force, impose a, a health mandate on people, in, inject something into their body that they do not consent to. That, that is beyond, beyond the conversation in a free society. We have never seen anything like that in this country. It's truly a radical and frightening idea. And you would think that Canadians in, lops, in lockstep would join to denounce this policy and say, no, this is too far. This is not something that happens in Canada. Instead, we haven't heard a word from Aaron O'Toole. We've heard something, some comments from some of his uh, MPs, but nothing from O'Toole himself. Uh, Justin Trudeau continues to divide Canadians. We, we saw that clip resurface of him back in September calling the unvaccinated, calling them extremists, calling them misogynists and racists. Uh, again, really, really intense rhetoric. We, we've, we've seen him scapegoating and demonizing and vilifying the unvaccinated for months and months and months. This clip really just reemphasizes the sort of unhinged aspect and way that Trudeau is going about uh, demonizing and, and trying to encourage people to get vaccinated. Uh, the, the whole issue of dividing Canadians, Trudeau is, is, is getting worse. I mean, just look at the example last week, a bunch of young Quebec influencers, teenagers and people in their 20s, young adults, um, off on a private plane on a private trip, doing their own thing, minding their own business, having some fun. Uh, Justin Trudeau chimes in to say it's a slap in the face, okay. He, he also called them idiots and barbarians. Some way for the leader of a country, for the prime minister to speak about people in his own country, to speak about his own citizens. That, that, that is completely unacceptable for a prime minister to be labeling people in his country, his own citizens, as idiots and barbarians. This just shows the low level of discourse uh, with Trudeau and, and sort of the, the clear disdain that he has uh, for the Canadian public. We've also seen elements of, of Trudeau coming unhinged and coming undone when he talks about the idea that kids must get vaccinated. That's, that's a pretty nuanced conversation. And what you'll hear from a lot of health experts at the provincial level, doctors and, and, and people in the conversation, is that it's a choice. It's up to the parent if they want to vaccinate their child to protect other people in their household and sort of protect people around them. That's their choice. But, but it seems pretty clear from the science that kids don't need vaccines. Kids don't get sick from COVID. 99.9% .9 of, of kids who get COVID recover with very few symptoms. So COVID doesn't affect kids the same way as it affects adults. So why would we have a medical intervention? It's basically unnecessary. Well, Trudeau has been really adamant that kids must get vaccinated. You got to sign up, you got to vaccinate your kids. Again, all of this would present a great opportunity for the opposition of the country, the, the leader of the opposition, Aaron O'Toole. You basically have Justin Trudeau out there acting like a crazy person, coming undone, coming unhinged, really proposing crazy radical things. And it seems like he's sort of losing his grip on, on what's acceptable and, and basically on reality. I think he's really, really out of line with the, the, the Canadian public 
on many of these issues, it's a great opportunity for Aaron O'Toole. Aaron O'Toole could be out there striking a different tone, showing a different path to Canadians, showing a moderate approach. He could be seen as a sort of reasonable, moderate person in the conversation. But instead, Aaron O'Toole is basically ab absent. I, you, you don't see him. You don't hear from him. He doesn't break through his, his, his comments and his, his press releases. They don't, they don't break into the media. We don't see stories about him. We barely hear anything. And when, it, when, when he finally does come out and give a press conference or make a statement, his point is like so blurred and mushy. And you don't really know what he's saying. You don't really know what he stands for. He, he's, he's really failing in his role as the opposition leader to offer a meaningful critique of Trudeau. Meanwhile, Trudeau is lashing out at Canadians. And so to, to talk about this issue a little more and to get a little deeper into it, I want to bring on a True North reporter, Cosman Jerja. Cosman is originally from Romania. He's a graduate of the University of Waterloo, and he currently lives in Abbotsford, British Columbia with his wife and child. Cosman is a senior researcher here at True North. He's a great investigative journalist. He has published some of the biggest and most important uh, reports and stories in True North's history. He's been a big part of our success. And to date, his work has been referenced by CBC News, Rebel News, CTV News, Western Standard, and many other outlets, including outlets, uh, international outlets and outlets all over the world. So Cosman, thank you so much for joining the Candace Malcolm Show. It's great to have you on the program. Thanks for having me, Candace. Happy to be here. Great. Well, so so this 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 topic for the show today sort of came from this this funny tweet and, and news story that you had over on True North. So back on January fourth last week, you tweeted, "Has anyone been more irrelevant than Aaron O'Toole in the past few weeks?" Uh, your tweet went viral, and then you wrote a piece uh, sort of talking about the reaction to to your viral tweet. So so first, uh, in your in your opinion, uh, Cosman, your estimation of you know closely following the news. Uh, what 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 is the problem with Aaron O'Toole? Where has he been for the last few weeks? Well, I think that word uh, irrelevant really strikes at the heart of the matter. Uh, how many Canadians even know who Aaron O'Toole is? If you would ask them on the on the street, right? He hasn't been very visible. He hasn't been very vocal. And as you mentioned, uh, this is a perfect opportunity for Aaron O'Toole to really stand out, to provide a vision to Canadians, an alternative vision to the one. Uh, to the divisive one that Trudeau is is currently uh, plunging us into. And so you, you you put out this tweet because Trudeau or sorry O'Toole just wasn't really doing the job that he should be doing. And what tell us a little bit about the reaction and what prompted you to write that uh, news article about about the sort of viral uh, virality of of the tweet and people commenting on 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 O'Toole's absence. For sure, I mean the the most common reaction was who. Aaron O'Hu. Um, and I think that that's the case for many people. They, they just don't have a sense of who he is. And if you just read the comments, um, that's that's the, the, the sense I'm getting uh, from, from the majority. And it's also uh, related in the polls, because if you look at the recent polls coming out, uh, I think about half of his party uh, doesn't approve of him. And he's the lowest uh, polling leader out of all of the federal uh, main party leaders. So I think that tweet was a, a reflection of, of just the general sentiment and attitude towards the leader of the opposition. Well, you know, we, we can give him a little bit of a break and assume, okay, maybe he was just having a slow start after Christmas. Maybe he was still, you know, at his cottage or whatever he was doing in family mode and hadn't quite kicked back into political mode yet. Yeah, I think your tweet and your story, which was January 4th, really kind of woke him up because after that came out, we did we did start to see a little bit more of a reaction from him. Um, however, 
you know, it doesn't really seem to break through. So if you were, if you were, if you were the opposition leader, Cosman, or if you were advising him, or if you were, you know, part of that team, what would you, what would you be saying? What, what could Aaron O'Toole be saying differently um, to kind of penetrate um, the media and, you know, the media narrative and, and actually, you know, say something that, that Canadians might want to join on board and, and, and follow his party over? Personally, if I was advising him or in that position, I would be a little bit more aggressive and uh, going out into the media. You know, right now we're not in parliament, uh, but there are plenty of opportunities to either take the message directly to voters using social media or going out on, on radio and television and really blasting back uh, some of the messaging that Trudeau and other uh, Liberal Party members have been putting out and, and really putting it out there so that Canadians can hear loud and clear what the uh, government thinks about millions of uh, Canadians in this country. And it's not a nice message, right? Uh, Trudeau has called them racist, extremist, misogynists, uh, while speaking about people who ha have refused to take the COVID-19 vaccine. But that's not a st uh, the beginning for, for Trudeau because he's been doing this uh, for a while, you know. Uh, his uh, minister of, of uh, heritage, former minister of heritage, heritage was calling people extremists for simply opposing an internet censorship uh, bill. So I think it's part of the brand for the liberals and um, O'Toole's team could really, has a lot of material to work with out there uh, if they wanted to push back and really, you know, uh, take down Trudeau a level. Absolutely. Well, there, I mean, there's so many opportunities and I, I think no better an opportunity than the announcement or the, the, the story and the, and the press conference that we saw on Friday and the story that came out afterwards where the health minister was hinting and sort of encouraging provinces to bring about a forced va vaccination campaign, not, not a vaccine mandate where you need to show your papers to get into certain press society, but, but forcing Canadians like, like a mandatory forced vaccination campaign, which is, again, above and beyond anything that we're seeing anywhere in the world right now. It's truly authoritarian. We saw some reaction, Cosman, from a, a couple of MPs. So I'll read those tweets. Michael Cooper, who's the MP up in St. Albert, Edmonton, he says, this is outrageous. Justin Trudeau's government is entering into truly dangerous author authoritarian territory. State-imposed involuntary medical interventions are un-Canadian and have no place in a free and democratic society. It's Absolutely right. I couldn't agree more. And it would have been nice to hear that from Aaron O'Toole himself. Uh, instead, you know, he, he's got his MPs out there who are probably just saying this on their own. Garnett Janis uh, likewise said, no, vax rates are very high in Canada. Provinces are backing off vax requirements for essential workers because they need the workers. Even if this were desirable in principle, which it's not, we have no capacity to enforce this. And again, another MP, Jeremy Patzer, from MP, an MP from Cypress Hill Grasslands in Saskatchewan, says extremely ignorant and frankly shocking that the health minister of a democratic country would say this vaccine mandates were wrong from the very beginning it is increasingly clear that they are a public policy failure they are ruining livelihoods clogging supply chains stifling our economy eroding medical privacy dividing society all the while doing very little in the way of actually combating covid so so pretty strong words from three of his mps but I haven't heard anything from Aaron O'Toole on this. Have, has, he, has he chimed in? Has he, does he have any message about this potentially very, very scary and dangerous policy? Absolutely not. Um, the line he's been going with right now is uh, Trudeau is normalizing lockdowns, which in, in my 
uh, eyes is totally uh, milk toast and off the mark, right? Uh, Trudeau does uh, is not putting people into lockdowns. Factually speaking, it, it's the premiers, and I just find normalizing lockdowns doesn't really get at the heart of the matter. Uh, as those MPs, some of those MPs have mentioned, right? These are this is an authoritarian move. I think if we go down this path, the Canada that comes out on the other side will be completely different than the one that entered. Uh, and I'm not so sure we can call it a liberal democracy anymore after we've uh, given up the notion of bodily autonomy for our citizens. So um, yeah, no, no clear messaging from O'Toole as expected. Uh, and he's a little late to the mark on this one. Right. I, I mean, you know, normalizing lockdowns. Look, we've been locked down on and off for two years now. Like like the normalization of lockdowns happened a very long time ago. And if that's the best you have at this point in the game, it's just you're absolutely right. It's it's so weak. And even I mean, I'm, I'm, I've got the CBC story in front of me where they talk about how Trudeau accuses sorry, O'Toole accuses Trudeau of normalizing lockdowns by failing to provide rapid tests. It's like that, that, that's such a muddled criticism because it's like. Are you, are you criticizing him for lockdowns, which are, of course, provincial jurisdiction? It's the provinces that are locking down, not the not the prime minister. He's bringing in his own uh, slew of horrible policies. But but the lockdowns are the provinces. So if O'Toole wanted to criticize lockdown, he should be criticizing Francois Legault, uh, uh, Doug Ford, Jason Kenney, and, and the people who are actually doing the lockdowns. And, 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 then, and then saying that he's normalizing lockdowns by failing to provide enough rapid tests. What, what does one have to do with the other? I mean, it, it doesn't even seem like he has a coherent message here. Right. It's very confusing. Uh, he needs something much stronger, much clearer that, that Canadians can get behind. And you would think, you know, the conservatives recently have been quite media savvy. And you would think with a, a media team and his advisors behind him, he could uh, pull something out that was consistent uh, uh, and and people wanted uh, to hear and, and, and to see in their leaders. Uh, but I, I haven't seen that yet. And, you know, uh, the clock is ticking. Uh, he's, you know, we're likely to head into another election in the next year or two. Um, he's heading towards a leadership review, which uh, is on, on uh, unstable ground, his leadership. So... He, he's got, it uh, doesn't have that much time left. So I'd, I'd like to really see uh, what he has to offer and whether he's got some sort of secret weapon uh, that we're all waiting for. I, I, th I think if he had a secret weapon, we would we would have seen it by now. I, I mean, look, if you, if you go back to the election campaign, it's like he, he did a pretty decent job of remaining disciplined. He, he, he wouldn't really get off of his message. He was really focused on the issues that mattered to him. But as we saw throughout the campaign, part of the issue was that he just wasn't really clear in his positions. He often came across as condescending and he, he switched his position on major issues. And I, and I feel like he's running into that same problem now with mis mixed messaging. And, you know, what is his position, for instance, when it comes to vaccine mandates, he, even during the election? It was like, is he is he for them? Is he against them? It was kind of this brilliant strategy that Trudeau announced that he was going to uh, call for mandatory vaccines in the civil service, thinking it would be this big wedge issue of the election. And then O'Toole kind of agreed with him. And there was like, you know, the, 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 there was the gap between what they both believed. It was like a, a difference without a distinction or a distinction without a difference. And. It, you know, I, I see that still right now. I'm just going through some of the headlines here. It's like, 
Uh, okay, uh, first, Aaron O'Toole uh, urges reasonable accommodation for the unvaccinated. So he's kind of uh, standing up for them, saying that they shouldn't be fired from jobs like truck drivers because we uh, can't have more problems in the supply chain. Uh, you know, we've seen we've seen lots and lots of healthcare workers uh, fired from their jobs, especially nurses, because they're unvaccinated, only to be brought on later because the healthcare system is so desperate for workers. So, so you know, here's Aaron O'Toole on January 6th calling for reasonable accommodation. Uh, but then, you know, on the same day, he's saying that, you know, everyone must get vaccinated. It's your responsibility. You know, you can get your questions answered. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just not clear what he's saying. And then, and then, and then the same day, he defends the vaccine mandate for Canadian Armed Forces. So he's saying that making sure as many people are vaccinated as possible um, needs to be the first priority of the Canadian Armed Forces. So it's like, even now, you know, he, he ran into that problem during the election. It's now four months later in January 2020, and he's still providing a totally bland mixed messaging. What, what do you make of it? Where do you think Aaron O'Toole stands on vaccine mandates? Well, that's a difficult question because... Um... I mean, there's a difference between where one personally stands on an issue and where one officially stands on an issue. I think Aaron O'Toole, from what we've seen, he's playing some sort of middle flip-flopping game. I, I'm not sure what the strategy is behind it. It goes all the way back to the election, you know, painting himself as a true blue conservative, but then uh, going red in, uh, once things started to get tough. Uh, you know, he flip-flopped on guns, he flip-flopped on um, the CBC. Uh, and as you mentioned, even on the mandates, when they introduced um, uh, the mandate for parliamentarians, he was flip-flopping back then as well. So if Aaron O'Toole, the flip-flopper, that's, that's where he stands in my eyes. That's too bad. The, the other thing I find kind of interesting is that Sometimes on social media, I'll see like a very strong message from the conservatives. I know if you get their emails, it's like their emails read like you they really have a different view and a different worldview, a different perspective from the liberals. Like, a, you know, a tweet that came out on January 10th, Canadian conservatives want to see an end to lockdowns, restrictions on your liberty and the ongoing impact of mental wellness in our society. That's a, that's a much stronger message than what Aaron O'Toole himself says. So wh wh why do you think there's this gap between the sort of, you know, general messages of the party, some of the stronger points put out by members of parliament and then, and then when it comes to itself, it's like you can't muster the uh, courage to say these kind of things in, in plain language. I think that's uh, reflective of a general sort of division within the party. You know, uh, people who want to stick to conservative values uh, versus people who want to bring the party uh, closer to the center, uh, closer to the liberals, uh, to the point where they're indistinguishable. So I think we're seeing it uh, spill out into their very messaging. Uh, but it is a, an issue of, of division and what where this party goes uh, from here on out, because it really is a matter of, of the very identity of the Conservative Party. Uh, and I don't think uh, Aaron O'Toole is a positive version of that identity for the future. It's too bad because they have such a good opportunity with this prime minister and with the direction they're going so many Canadians would want to have an alternative, but it's like they don't really see an alternative with O'Toole because his messaging isn't very strong. And, you know, it's like it's like Aaron O'Toole doesn't want to go offside with like the legacy media and the sort of fancy people. So so he wants to stay very much in the center. And, and, and it's too bad because there's there's a huge 
missed opportunity. Well, Cosman, I really uh, appreciate the work that you do here at True North. You're a great reporter. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining the show. We'll have to have you on again uh, at some later point. Thanks, Candice. Anytime. Would love to. All right. That was Cosman Georgia with True North. I'm Candice Malcolm, and this is The Candice Malcolm Show.